produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston. Welcome to Kind World. I'm Yasmin Amr. And I'm Andrea Aswahe. What draws you to some of your closest friends? We often think that we need to have a lot in common, but that's not always the case. This week's story is about one of those unlikely friendships that somehow seems just perfect. It originally aired in March 2017. Make sure to stay tuned after the break to hear an update. Today's story is about Dan Peterson, who lives in Augusta, Georgia. For years, Dan and his wife were inseparable. My wife, she was an angel. They met late in life and did everything together. She drove him to work every day, and he ran errands for her business in floral design. I've always been a bit of a loner. So we had each other. We just devoted ourselves to each other. I had it all figured out that I was going to die first, and so that's no problem. And then all of a sudden, she was in the hospital for 35 days. Mary's 80-year-old heart was beating abnormally fast, and it went faster and faster until finally, after 35 days, it stopped. Dan sat next to his wife's unresponsive body for hours, trying to come to terms with his new reality. As days turned into months... Dan didn't know what to do with himself. He spent a lot of time in his garden, remembering his wife's favorite flower, white roses. I've never been able to get a white rose to grow. All mine are red. A darkness settled over Dan that he couldn't seem to escape. I'm sitting here staring out the back window of my house, just waiting it out to see how long I was going to live. I felt like about all I had left to do was get in people's way. Six months later, on dreaded grocery run day, Dan felt particularly depressed. I hadn't shaved for a couple of days, and, and I hadn't had a haircut probably for three months, and didn't really give a you-know-what about anything except, well, what do I do tomorrow, watch squirrels? He was furrow-browed, and he didn't look like the friendliest man. As a mother of seven, Tara Wood was all too familiar with the grocery store. Today, she had her four-year-old daughter, Nora, along in the shopping cart. And all of a sudden, I come to the end of the hall, or uh, aisle, and here's this little girl, and, and she's sort of bouncing up and down and pointing at me. And she said, uh, Hi, old person. Today's my birthday. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Oh, yeah. I didn't quite know what old person she was talking to. But then she kept pointing at me. I thought he needed a friend because he was sad. I really wasn't in a good mood. But then when you have a little girl bouncing up and down and being so happy to be alive, uh, you know, you sort of change. It sort of made my day that day, frankly. He said, well, hi, little lady. How old are you today? The two chatted briefly, and then both carts went their separate ways. 30 seconds later, she turned around and said, 
can I take a picture with that old man for my birthday? I encourage my children to talk to strangers. I mean, not leave the park with strangers, but I don't want my children to be afraid of people who look differently than them. So Tara doubled back, and the 81-year-old and the 4-year-old posed for a photo. Nora asked him for a hug. I don't know. It was magical and profound, and it's this cosmic sweetness that happened, you know, right in front of the dairy section of the grocery store. In the days that followed, Nora wouldn't stop asking her mom about Mr. Dan. Was he lonely? Cold? Did he have enough cheese? Tara posted Dan's picture on Facebook, and one comment caught her eye. A woman wrote that she knew the man in the photo, and she said it was the first time she'd seen him smile since his wife died. That's when Tara decided she would call Dan and ask to visit. They planned a lunch. Nora just ran right up to him like she's known him all of her life. She was climbing all over him like a monkey. And, and of course, every time I turned around, she'd come back over and hug me again. I just promised I loved him. It's not like this was typical Nora behavior. She hadn't done anything like it before. Something about Mr. Dan spoke to Nora. We ended up spending, gosh, almost three hours together that day. I couldn't bear the thought of that, of him being in that house by himself with no one to talk to. So I just decided then and there that whether he liked it or not, we had just absorbed him into our family of nine. I've got a rose bush right outside my front door, and it just blossomed a great big red rose. Nora leaned over to smell it. And it was precious to me. The only thing I had to give back. So I got it and gave it to him. With his pocket knife, he slowly carved every thorn from the stem and handed it to Nora. That sort of sealed our friendship, I think. They come over about every week now. She just blows in like a whirling dervish, plunders through his cabinets, and he slaps his knee and laughs and laughs and laughs. I go in his garden where he grows vegetables. They giggle and tell each other secrets. Those were little seeds that I planted when you were here last time. And look at how much they've grown already. Oh, look at that that baby one. Yeah, and they're going to be big squash. He's so fascinating. He's he's lived a thousand lifetimes, and he's got so many stories to share, and he's never going to be alone again. Nora got me out of the loop. (laughs) Gave me something to live for. Uh, It's like the sun came out, Yeah. That story was produced by Erica Lance. We'll have an update for you on Nora, Mr. Dan, and Tara right after the break. Welcome back to Kind World. I'm Yasmin Amr. And I'm Andrea Aswahi. Yasmin, this is one of my favorite Kind World stories, and I've been wondering how Nora and Mr. Dan are doing. So I'm really excited about this update. Me too. So let me start by introducing you to the older, wiser, six-year-old Nora Wood. Hi. It's so good to hear her voice. She still sounds just as adorable. She is. And you'll love this. She still visits Mr. Dan every Sunday for breakfast with her mom, Tara, and her three-year-old sister, Marigold. Mr. Dan is 84 years old now, but this is how old Nora thinks he is. Um, 42. (laughs) 
<laughs> and she cracks me up. And despite the age gap, they're still friends. Yep. Almost three years later, she's still drawn to him. Because he's funny, I get to draw, I get to do puzzles, and he's very sweet. I like when he tells me all about his um, childhood when he was little. And as you can imagine, Mr. Dan absolutely adores Nora and her sister. It's really still a very pleasure to me when those children come over. It really is. And I didn't think that that would happen, but in three years' time, it's just strengthened, you know. So, yes, it's, it's really, really done a word wonders for me. I'm so curious, Yasmin, how do they spend their time together week after week? So do you remember when Nora's mom, Tara, described how her daughter just blows in like a whirling dervish and plunders through Mr. Dan's cabinets? Yeah. Well, that hasn't changed, except now Nora's twice the force because she's got a little sidekick. Yeah, they just come in and take over the place and help themselves to his candy. He's always got treats and danishes. He's tickled that they feel so comfortable. And Tara says she's learned so much more about Mr. Dan. He's a history buff. He's traveled all over the world. He used to fly airplanes. And he's also a brilliant mathematician who's taught in at least three universities. Absolutely one of the most interesting people I've ever known in my life. And I I truly enjoy spending time with him. He's become one of my very dearest friends. So have a lot of people reached out to Mr. Dan after he shared his story? He's received letters from all over the globe. In fact, he put up a world map on his wall so that he and Nora can track where they all came from. And what about the reaction from Mr. Dan's family? So Mr. Dan has three children of his own, five grandchildren and one great-grandchild. His oldest daughter, who's 61 and lives in Florida, has actually met Nora and her family. And she's very happy they've become so close. His two sons live on the opposite side of the country in California— but he's hoping one day they'll meet the Wood family as well. And I'm wondering, when you spoke to Tara, what does she think about her daughter's ability to connect with Mr. Dan? Well, Tara says that Nora has always had this innate empathy towards others. She's the kind of kid who can talk to anyone. But beyond that, Tara says she really tries to set examples for all seven of her children about being thoughtful. Um, It's just always been important to me that they notice other people around them, Um, whether it's somebody reaching for something on a, you know, a high shelf at the grocery store or uh, the mailman that looks like he could use a nice uh, bottled water because it's scorching hot. I just, it's just important to me that my kids, you know, just not let people be invisible. Kind World is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station. Paul Vikas and Matt Reed do our sound design. Sabrina Delmonico is our intern, and Iris Adler is our executive producer. I'm reporter and producer Andrea Aswahe. And I'm reporter and producer Yasmin Amr. Kind World listeners, this is the last episode of our current season. We'll be working on some new episodes for the fall season coming up in October. But in the meantime, we want to make sure that your summer is filled with compassion and kindness. So look out for some bonus episodes in our feed. And as we keep working on those new episodes, we'd love your help. 
Send us an email telling us about the profound act of kindness, big or small, that's changed your life. Email us at kindworld at wbur.org. And keep in touch on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WBURKindWorld. Thank you so much for listening to and supporting us. We're already so excited for what's to come. Take care and see you soon. Thank you.